0: If you listened to yesterday's episode, you heard me talk about Thomas and Emily Hand. Nine-year-old Emily is one of the dozens of hostages that have been released from Gaza in recent days as part of this temporary truce between Israel and Hamas. After the Hamas terror attack on October 7th, her father Thomas was informed that Emily had been killed. He was actually relieved to hear that. He told CNN at the time that news of her death was a blessing because the thought of not knowing how she was being treated in Gaza was overwhelming. Well, it turns out she was alive, but she was also taken hostage in Gaza. She turned nine years old while in captivity. But now that she's out and back with her father, we're hearing about what her time was like in Gaza. On Tuesday, Thomas gave his first interview since reuniting with his daughter to CNN and our chief international correspondent, Clarissa Ward
1: you thought your little girl was gone. You mm. thought she had been killed. Mm-hmm. The feeling of holding her in your arms now mm. and giving her a cuddle, I mean.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you, never, you never think it's really gonna happen as much as you want it to happen, as much as you praise for it to happen. You, you, up until the last moment, the very last moment we actually see them you know, you believe something will screw it all up and you won't be snatched away again.
0: So today, I'm going to step aside and just let you listen in on some of that interview because I think it's a really revealing window into what life is like for the scores of hostages still being held in Gaza right now and into the very long road to recovery that lies ahead for those who have made it out. From CNN, this is Tug of War. I'm David Ryan.
1: So when we were messaging a little bit before Emily was released, it, did, it felt like, yeah, you were holding back. You were not letting yourself believe.
2: No, I couldn't. Um, uh, you know, the, the high would be too high. And if, if I crashed, because they didn't release her, um, and it would have been too hard, so I just had to stay focused on still getting her back, not letting myself believe that she was going to be released because they were still playing mind games with us right up until the last minute. Uh, I think we waited an extra six hours for them to finally release Emily and the rest of them.
1: So tell me about that moment
2: well, you know, you, you, we were waiting somewhere for us, them to tell us that we were that she was being released and she was on her way with the um, with the Red Cross uh, and she was coming to where we were and yeah, the level of excitement, even though I was holding it back, it was was sort of getting away. And they uh, said within a few minutes she will be here. I went, wow, you know, I thought that was going to be a long process. So to in and in, whatever. And she said, yeah, she'll be here in a couple of minutes." I'm like, "Oh, don't believe it." And uh, all of a sudden the, the, the door opened up, and she just ran. It was was um, beautiful, just like in, uh, just like I imagined it, you know, running together. I squeezed, I probably squeezed too hard. So only when she stepped back a little, I could see her Her, her face was chiselled like mine, whereas before she left, it was you know, chubby, curly, young, kid face, but uh, she looks more, more like me now. You can see the sharpness in her chin, and then, yeah, she's lost a lot of um, body weight. And the color, she I've never seen her so white. She, you know, She's like skin, but she's she's white like your pants now. Which we can work on, we have to work on that, and we'll get her back to health as fast as we can. It's gonna take a while. We still don't know about her mental condition, you know, it's just pure observation by the doctors. But uh, yeah, she's good at ah, the, the other, And the most shocking, disturbing part of meeting was
1: she was just whispering, Mm. couldn't hear.
2: I had to put my ear on her lips, like this close, and say, what did you say? I thought you were kidnapped. Um, She said,
1: I thought you were kidnapped.
2: She thought I was in Captivity they thought they'd kidnap me. She didn't know what the hell happened apart from that morning So she's presumed everyone's kidnapped or killed or slaughtered or she had no idea But you can imagine They obviously told them to make sure you're quiet. In fact, she knows the Arab word for be quiet now So that was disturbing to say the least
1: And what? has she told you about what she's gone through?
2: Very little, very little. You know, she's still, you can see her face, she's still traumatized. Um, uh, She said they were, I thought she was in the tunnels, but she wasn't in the tunnels, they were actually fleeing from house to house. So, yeah, they were literally running from one shelter and then I guess as the Israeli army were coming closer, they'd get further away and further away. That must have been terrifying. That's terrifying in itself, yeah. And, you know, being pulled, dragged, pushed, whatever, under gunfire probably. One thing that astounded me once we were in the van coming back, I said, uh, How long do you think you were there? How long were you there? She doesn't call it Gaza. She doesn't, like, she doesn't like it to be referred to as Gaza. She says the kufsa, the box. She says, like when we ask her, so you have to say like, how long were you in the box? The kufsa. So she thought, and she's pretty good with time, you know, she know how long a week is and a month is and all that sort of stuff. She said a year. Apart from the whispering, that was like a punch in the guts. A year. So, you know, time flies when you're enjoying yourself, so that, that, must, that shows how much of a terror ordeal it was, a year. It was only, what, 50 days for her. Another thing on, on, the, on, the, on the van back from the handover, like, she loves the music, as we've said all the way through. I said, do you want, do you want the telephone? So uh, I gave it, and the first thing she did was get a Beyoncé song on.
1: <laughs> it
2: was a Beyoncé song. And, uh, I mean, the, the phone's over here. You know, it's right there in front of her. I couldn't hear it. I said, put the volume up. She went, no, 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 no. She brought it, down. I don't know how she heard it. She was maybe just watching it, but she she'd she's condi- she's been conditioned to not make any noise.
1: Could she hear the bombardment and the sounds of war outside, or she hasn't talked about that? For
2: sure that? she would have heard it, because she wasn't in the tunnels as I first thought, and even hoped, you know, it'd be, it'd be, it, it, was, it would be more horrible Dark and dingy and confined and horrible, but safe You know being above ground in horrible houses um, Terrible conditions, I presume Um, She's her head is full of lice Absolutely full of head lice. I've never seen so many in my life
1: Is she sleeping?
2: She doesn't she doesn't want to go to bed at night. She wants to be with us as long. She wants to stretch the day. Uh, she's probably still sleeping now. Um, but yeah, when she goes to sleep, she really goes to sleep. She's, she's exhausted. Yeah, she's exhausted. Um, but slowly, slowly coming back to herself.
1: And what about her physical strength? Because I imagine she wasn't able to walk around or move very much, is she?
2: No, no, they got good exercise. They are running from house to house. Running from house to house, yeah. But yeah, they, they got enough food to, to survive, but obviously not enough. That, that's it, really, and they, they had, she said, Jed, they had plenty of water. Just not enough food. They always had a breakfast. Sometimes lunch, sometimes something in the evening, and she said the good thing about being there was she learned how to how to like bread with olive oil on it. Mm-hmm. She was so hungry she she got to love bread with olive oil on it.
1: Did she give any sense of whether they were humane to her in terms of how her
2: treatment Uh, i asked her did anyone did anyone hit you did anyone beat you and she said no nobody nobody hit us and it was just the strength of their voice was enough to control them you know
1: and so what is the next step now how long do you stay here how do you start a new life you obviously can't go back to Barry but
2: yeah not yet the future the future is obviously get Emily back to health and we will do that along the way Uh, that's crucial but the next thing is all the women all the men all the hostages have to come back they have to be brought back and the world don't go silent on us now. Don't go silent on us now. We, we need you just as much, if not more than ever. Um, you know The truce could run out, it could last, we don't know. So we've got to get as many people back as possible that we can as soon as possible, get them back. At least that I am kids, bring them home, bring them home.
0: We'll be right back.
3: This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
0: Welcome back to Tug of War. We're listening to Clarissa Ward's interview with Thomas
2: Hand.
1: How are you doing?
2: Hmm. Um... I've lost a lot of weight, obviously. My voice is completely wrecked. But the thought of getting Emily back is what kept me and all of us going. Just keep going, keep going. Even when your your tank was empty, you just kept going. Uh, Adrenaline, I guess. And then once we've got Emily back, I haven't got that, I'd like like uh, an adrenaline injection carry on because once that adrenaline is is out of you then then you feel it all it's like you are drained there's no vapor of gas in the tank so yeah just being around Emily is is fantastic
1: does Emily understand what happened on October 7th
2: yeah Unfortunately, she does. I've said in the past that uh, I was sort of guilt-ridden because every day I thought she was saying, where's daddy, why isn't he coming to rescue me? Turns out, she told me, she was surprised to see me at the handover, she said, in whisper, she said, "I I thought you were captive. I thought you were one of the kidnapped. So that was, in a way, it was a relief, because now I know she wasn't going, where are you, daddy? Can you
1: describe, and I'm sure it's hard to describe in words, but just, you thought your little girl was gone. Mm -hmm. You thought she had been killed. Mm -hmm. The feeling of holding her in your arms now Mm -hmm. and giving her a cuddle, I mean.
2: Yeah, yeah. you, you, never, you never think it's really going to happen as much as you want it to happen, as much as you praise for it to happen. You, you, up until the last moment, the very last moment we actually see them, you know, you believe something will screw it all up and you won't be snatched away again. Yeah. Yeah, it's just that final second that you believe, finally, that you're out.
1: And you told me that you had brought your dog, Johnny, to help with her recovery.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was um, essential. Like I say, I thought there would be some kind of uh, possible animosity in her head of why didn't you, why did you let them take me in the first place? Why didn't you protect me? Why didn't you come and rescue me? So I thought that she would have a reasonable, um, Excuse to have some kind of animosity against me there. So, I insisted to the army that I have to bring Johnsy. You
1: you say that you know you're thinking that maybe there would be animosity. Why weren't you there? Why weren't you able to rescue her? It it sounds to me like you have been wrestling with these feelings.
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, certain amount of guilt can't be helped. Uh, everyone tells me there's nothing I could have done. Mm. I, know, I know I couldn't have done, but you still you still always blame yourself. It's human nature. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a stupid thought, but. Uh, yeah, if she, if she wasn't released, you, you somehow imagine yourself crawling through the night and trying to find her, get her out yourself. It's crazy. But that's, that's where your mind goes. That's where my mind went, um, just. It's
1: being a parent.
2: Being a parent, yeah. Risk all, they, get, they shoot me, they shoot me, but I've got to try and find her. I've got to try and do something. Um,
1: has she cried?
2: Yeah. Uh, last night, she cried until her face was red and blotchy. She couldn't stop. She, uh, she didn't want any comfort. I think I guess she's forgotten how to be comforted. She didn't want any touch, no, no words. Uh, I just had to wait until she came out of it by herself. And she knows how to do that. She's a very determined little girl, very strong. I knew that her spirit would get her through it.
1: Do you still see innocence in Emily?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. she.
1: That must be a comfort to feel that that's still, that she's still a child. She's still held on to that.
2: Oh, yeah. And it's because she's a child, she will bounce back quicker than let's say the adults you know kids just want to have fun get on with their life occupy their time adults sort of you know they can sit in a sofa and and mull over and torture yourself she will go she'll go past all that pretty quick what remains at the back of her head we won't know outwardly for sure she will get on with her life that's who she is
1: Thank you so
2: much. You're welcome.
0: Tug of War is a production of CNN Audio. This episode was produced by Taylor Galgano and me, David Rind. Our senior producer is Haley Thomas. Dan DeZula is our technical director. And Steve Liktai is the executive producer of CNN Audio. We get support from Alex Manassari, Robert Mathers, John Dianora... Lenny Steinhardt, Jameis Andrews, Nicole Pesaru, and Lisa Namero. Special thanks to Brent Swales, Caroline Patterson, and Katie Hinman. We'll be back on Wednesday with another update. Talk to you then.